Welcome to season five of the Level Up with Lori podcast, where I am taking you behind the scenes of building a six-figure and one-day seven-figure network marketing business, blurring the lines between leader and coach to truly teach you how to build a foundation that sets you up for success. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, friends, 2022 really changed the game on me. So I decided to flip this whole podcasting thing on its head and truly teach you from the inside out. So come hang out with me over the course of the next year here on the Level Up with Lori podcast, where I am truly going to dish on all of the details around building a six and seven seven figure network marketing business as I go through these things myself, as I build a team, as I teach my team to duplicate and do the same things. I think this will be such a unique and exciting experience for all of us. So if you are ready to get started, sit back, relax, put on those headphones and let's do this. Hey, 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 you guys, welcome back to season five of the Level Up with Lori podcast. And this season, we are going to flip podcasting on its head and totally do it different here. I am so incredibly excited to kick off the season with a fresh new vibe, some brand new big ideas and trainings and learnings that we're going to do together. We're going to dive into this whole thing together. So a um, little bit of a background just to set the stage for what season five is going to be all about. You will see that I kind of changed the name of the podcast. It's still the Level Up with Lori podcast, but I'm nicknaming season five behind the scenes in a six figure and seven figure network marketing business. As many of you already know, um, 2022 and season four in the podcast, it was really um, a transitional year for me. My company ended up after over eight years with the company, having built a multi six figure business, rising to the top of their comp plan, being one of their biggest leaders. And I mean, arguably I'd actually lean back in the last few years and there's a lot of reasons for that. And you know what? maybe a different day or a different time. But right now, all you really need to know is that they changed their comp plan from being um, a network marketing business model to a direct consumer. And they did that with like a three week leeway. So um, I was forced to make some really hard decisions. And when the one door slams in your face, sometimes you need to look for a window. And so one of the biggest blessings was, you know, that thought process and everything that I went through and, um, I've had a lot of women reach out over the course of the last six months and and thank me for really taking them on the journey with them. Sorry, with me. And for proving then what I teach works and actually watching me go through this process, building from the ground up, I've had a lot of my clients really comment that that was one of the most powerful experiences they could actually have and take back into their own businesses. And like, that was when I had this light bulb moment where I was like, okay, that's what we're going to do in season five on the podcast, because I am nowhere near done building this next chapter of my network marketing career. And um, so I thought, you know what? What better way to teach by doing? And I talk about this all the time in leadership trainings, like really good leaders, they lead from the front and they simply share what they're doing. And so I'm going to be the best 
kind of leader that I through the episodes and through the chapters of this podcast in season five. And so that's why I've nicknamed it the behind the scenes. So my plan and my great big vision is to first back up a little bit for the first couple episodes. I'm actually going to call them chapters just for fun. We'll see how long that lasts. And I'm going to take you through some of the beginning chapters just to kind of set the stage for where we're going to go. And then I'm going to take you behind the scenes of what I have built and what I'm in the process of building. I have this big vision that sometimes I'm going to pull some experts on here that are going to actually teach me some of these things, the whys and the hows behind maybe building an email list or taking your social media to the next stage or whatever that is. And maybe I will introduce some other leaders that I've been collaborating with and growing alongside. And so there really is, uh, you know, no bounds um, for where this season is going to take us. But I truly hope that this will be um, as much fun for you and as transformative for you is as this whole journey and process has been for me. And because we have a whole year to dig into this, I can only imagine where you and I are going to be here from now. And I love that one um, kind of notion that we overestimate what we can do in a day or a week, but we underestimate what we can do an entire year. And one of the reasons that we underestimate, or maybe we even deliver, is because we aren't staying the course, right? We aren't taking it step by step. We're, We're giving up before it gets good, or we're just like, leaning back when we should lean in. So chapter one is all about what brought me into the network marketing world, right? Because I can honestly tell you, I was that girl that ran from network marketing businesses. I had heard all the things um, that people say about network marketing. And the truth is, I believe them. right? My very, very, very minimal experience with um, kind of some women in that industry Um, had reaffirmed what the world was saying, right? That the people were, you know, aggressive, that it was really only about signing up for a business, like uh, all the things that like, all the things. Um, I had been to like one party that had turned into a massive sales pitch. And the truth is, this is almost a decade ago. So network marketing businesses um, were built in a much different. I think that's something that we need to consider now. The average consumer is a whole lot more savvy now, and we need to reach them and connect with them in a different way. And that's never been more relevant and more imperative than it is today. I mean, back when I first started, people weren't even doing the online thing. It was all in-person things. It was all handing, delivering samples, doing in-home parties, like word of mouth went literally like face to face. And so such a different time and such a huge opportunity that has opened up in front of us with the, with the online world. But at the same time, some of we lose, sometimes we lose some of the magic that we had in those in-person opportunities because we lose what was so beautiful about those in-person activities was the connection was the way that someone could feel your energy and listen to you speak. And I think sometimes we we take online as an easy way out. Um, anyways, this is, again, you know, I like to go on little rambles, but you know what, let's back it up to Lori of 2013, 14. Either way, I was like ridiculously pregnant. I had a two-year-old and a one-year-old and I was about to give birth to another baby in three weeks. And I thought, you know what? Why don't we start a new business? (laughs) I mean, truthfully, 
I think I've always been an entrepreneur. I started a wedding planning business in my 20s alongside a friend, and then I took it over as a solopreneur. And I did that for almost the better part of a decade until I, even after I graduated from teacher's college, but I planned my last wedding um, the same month that I got married because I knew I wanted to start a family really quickly. I was in my 30s at that point, and um, I just knew that being a teacher and a full-time wedding planner, that that didn't work um, in terms of building a family and all those things. So I moved away from that, um, and when I had my second son, I started to get that itch again. When I had my son, I didn't have that itch because, A, I just freaking had the best mat leave of my entire life, honestly. Like if I could do that year over again, it's one of the favorite years of my life. And yes, because I had this little itty bitty perfect baby who was like the best, um, it was the best baby, it was so easy. But also because I had a lot of friends on mat leave and we moved into a brand new house. It was a massive fixer upper, a country property. And I spent the better part of that year, um, again, being pregnant for the second time, but also, you know, painting, grading, organizing, doing all of the things that I love to do. And so that was kind of that project for my first mat leave. Um, those that know me know that I am I am project-based, you guys. I just love always having a project on the go. Um, the second one, I started a online children's consignment shop, and it was run on Facebook. My Facebook group had well over 2,000 members. I had 15 different assignment clients. My husband was like handing over baby clothes in dark alleys. I mean, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but I had pickup locations all over the place. Like it was this massive empire that cleared about 200 to $300 a month. And my house was overflowing. Like you can picture the clothes coming out of the windows um, of the house. It was anarchy, but it was awesome. It was fun. And it kept my brain working and it kept my brain um, focused and being creative and kind of gave me that reprieve of the mom life because if anybody I mean a mat leave with two two kids is hard for anybody um, I did want to have my kids close together and then once I did I realized how freaking hard it was they are 14 months to the day from each other and my second one was a handful still is funny how they're the same when they are like as they grow as they were when they were born but he was a handful and just a lot more high maintenance than my first and so that was a really challenging year and so starting something new and I loved it it gave me something for me so fast forward three weeks from giving birth to my to my second or my third I was still running the children's consignment store still loving it but all starting to feel a little bit resentful of the time it was taking um now that I had my hands even more full or I was about to like have my hands even more full and so um I signed up because my house got broken into and I lost all of my jewelry and I asked a friend like where do I go to replace these pieces of jewelry and she led me down the Stellan dot rabbit hole and I fell in love. I've always been like a fashion and accessory and a style lover. So it was like love at first sight. And I spent hours figuring out how I was going to use that like insurance money and what piece I was going to get. And I just loved it. And then lo and behold, they had a sign up deal. And my math, keeping in mind that I was a business and math teacher at the time, my math brain and my business brain kicked into gear and we're like, okay, well, if I can, you know, if I can save money with a discount and a really great sign up bundle, doesn't it just make sense to do this because I get more for the amount of money that I'm spending. And remember, it wasn't my money I was spending. Well, it was in a way, but you know what I mean? It was the insurance money. So, um, I, like I had to replace that jewelry anyways. So anyways, one thing led to another. I ended up signing up with zero intention to sell, zero intention to build a business. Remember, I was the girl who ran from these businesses. 
Um, and in the beginning, I was just like, okay, I'll just share my discount with all the people. Shared my discount with my mom, my aunt, some friends, like just share, 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 discount, 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 not making any money. But what I was doing is I was getting some free stuff. They had some really great like starter programs and like I was learning how the back end with hostess rewards worked and um, so it's not like doing nothing, right? Like I was learning and you can always see when you look back on things, how like one thing kind of leads to another, one kind of carrot dangles into another. And me being the entrepreneur, I never really said it out loud, but I did start to do a couple things that almost framed it like a business, if you will. Like I started a haphazard Facebook business page. And when people started to ask me about my jewelry and my accessories, which they always like even before the Stella and Dot Daisy, because again, I loved style. I like, I always did. I always loved style. Um, I started to actually tell them that it was Stella and Dot and that I could be their hookup, right? And I started to just think, what if, what if? So I started this business page and I don't even know. I mean, truthfully, a business page is not a social media strategy that I use anymore. And it wasn't a social, it wasn't even a strategy that really worked for me that much at the time either, but it did lead me to my first very random customer. And I'll never forget making that $17. Like I never forget, I was in the kitchen at our house. I ran into um, the family room with my husband. I was like, I just made $17. And he was like, wow, cry, amazing Lord. Right? Like at the end of the day, though, like $17 wasn't a little amount to us at the time. Like it, the fact it was something, right? Remember, I was working a children's consignment empire for $200 to $300 a month. And that was money that's not necessarily extra for us. I was on my third mat leave in less than three years. We had moved into a country property with significantly higher um, expenses that we had not necessarily expected. And I am a budgeter. So I was like spreadsheet and we were right down to using every single penny at that time. Remember, we were also doing renovation in the house um, and all those things. So like it, we were strapped. It was a time in my life where I remember that feeling where we always had to, you know, calculate the totals. We always had to track things. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But it isn't, it isn't comfortable. And so I remember kind of like mulling this over this first $17 and saying to Wayne, like, what if, what if I could continue to make this $200 in my children's consignment business and I could actually make $200 over here as well? All I have to do is like figure out how to make some money. And I remember him being like, oh, Lori, that sounds great, right? Like truthfully, Wayne is not really like money oriented. Like it's, it's not about that for him, but luckily I do the finances for that, right? So I remember saying, what if I could make, and that $200, I remember the possibility of being able to make 200 extra dollars a month gave me like that ability to breathe, that room to breathe. And so as like, even throughout the last decade, as I've helped other women kind of explore these income possibilities, as I've helped other women bring in that $200 a month or whatever their financial equivalent was, I know what that feels like to have 
the, like I, to have that door open to you, to have that possibility sitting in front of you or in your hands. I know how life-changing that $200 was for me and whatever that amount is for you or for the women that I've helped along the way. I've never, ever lost like that. And I think that's something that's really, really important, right? Because what you're going to find as you go through this journey is that when you have a need for the things you don't rely on the motivation or the inspiration to do the things because you're like, okay, well, if I don't do the things, then that, that feeling comes back or we're not allowed to eat this month or we can't do our car payment or whatever it is, right? The stress returns. Um, so that was a little bit about how, like, that was kind of like, if I had to look back at the tipping points, that was one of the tipping points for me for sure, was just all of a sudden realizing what if. And I think we need to ask ourselves the question, what if all the time, right? We should ask ourselves this question all the time because the what if will actually open you up to taking that step towards what's next possible. Um, the next tipping point for me, actually, it, it was something else that happened very haphazardly and like kind of by chance. And it was signing up my first person, like getting the first other person to join me in this endeavor. And I think at that point, um, hadn't done really any in-home parties. I still wasn't really selling consistently, but I was starting to put the wheels in motion and I was starting to share a little bit more openly, remembering that I still had this children's consignment store with all of these consignment clients, all of these customers. And that really gave me a bit of a base to start off with and also my friends and family, although I hadn't really involved them to that point. So um, I remember this, like her name is Megan and we barely knew each other at the time. I had bought one of those growth rulers from her still on my wall to this day. And um, little did I know that she would just be this other massive tipping point that we would become like best friends and that we still do dinners together, even though we're not on a business adventure anymore and all these things. But I remember going to her launch party and all of a sudden it was like all of the things that I believed and all the things that had been holding me back from doing parties, from really exploring this business opportunity. It was like this, doing this one party, this one launch party with her blew the roof off all of those fears that I was having, because you know what? I had fun. It was so much fun. It was easy. I could see how easy those sales pulled in. I could see how much people loved the jewelry that were there. I could see that people weren't buying just to support her. They were buying because they really wanted to. And I thought, if she can do that, I can do that too. And I had like two realizations as I was driving home from that party. Number one, if she can do this, I can do this too. And, and I'm going to. And then number two, I remember thinking, I just made money. And that was when I started to really ask myself, like, what? is this comp plan? What is this thing that I'm sitting on? And that's when I started to dig into it and started to really track progress and start to really see what was possible. And I kind of set myself a goal um, at that point. I was like, what if I had like, you know, a team of like three or four people by the time I go back to work in September and like, I'm like fast forward and not to like spoiler alert you, but like, I think I had 10 to 15 to 20 by the time I went back to work, because if, when you start actually building, you're going to get a lot of momentum and you're going to find that the ball goes like this and it starts picking up speed, right? Um, but yeah, I did my launch party. I packed the house with my friends and family. I no longer felt that hesitation. I just felt excited. And at that time, remember, again, it was an in-person business model. There really wasn't the online thing. So I set myself a goal to, to book in-person 
parties with my friends and family in order to get outside my friends and family zone. And that's what I still, I still, it's still, it's relevant today, right? Even if you're building in an online world and an online model, you still are using your friends and family to catapult yourself outside your friends and family zone. Every single party that I did, I gathered new customers. I brought new people into my world. I booked parties with people that I didn't know going into that party. And then I didn't know any of them, their friends and family zone either. So it didn't take long for me to actually start to build a legitimate business that didn't have to stand on the legs of family and friends or my own purchases or whatever it was. But it did take a concerted, consistent effort. I remember asking one of my mentors, like, how many parties do I book to grow? And she said, you book two to maintain, you book four months to grow. And so I was like, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll book two to four every single month until the month I go back to work and then I'll reevaluate. Um, I didn't end up reevaluating. I ended up booking more at that time, but um, that's what I did. That consistent effort. Um, and I truthfully, I loved the in-home parties. Like I loved getting out of the house. I loved the opportunity to get dressed. Um, I loved all of it and it worked. And so that is really chapter one of my Stella Dot journey, how um, I kind of fell into it, but at the same time, it ignited something in me. It changed life for my entire family. It brought in well over that $200 a month that I said to Wayne, like, what if I could do that, right? Um, okay, you guys, um, that's it for chapter one. I'm going to be back in here. Um, these episodes are going to drop every two weeks. And the next episode is going to be a little bit more about my eight years inside of Stella Dot. So I'm going to call it eight years, eight lessons. And I'm going to tell you all of the things that I learned during those eight years. And then episode three is actually going to be about the transition the pivot, the big change. And then we're going to start to get into the nitty gritty of um, building and what I've done, what I'm going to do. And I cannot wait to go on this journey with you. So if you are binging through the episodes, I will see you on the next one. And if you are a loyal listener and you tune in every week that a podcast drops so much as always please share with your friends and family tag me over on instagram at ms Lori urban yes i got my after um, being hacked close to a year ago you guys thank you again love you to be